You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1,254, and it's our 1,567th interview. We've been on the air since March of 2009, and we're the longest-running business podcast headquartered in Orange County, California, covering all things technology for the Orange County Business Journal, and there is plenty to cover, along with Orange County's thriving economy, is reporter Kevin Costello. Kevin is on the show to discuss his background, the state of technology, and the impact it is having on our economy. If you'd like to learn more about this radio show podcast or the CEO peer groups that I lead, why don't you visit my company's website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Kevin, welcome to the radio show. Thank you, Rick. Let's start. You had a professional path to today. You spent time with Bloomberg and the Associated Press. Can you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Sure. I joined the Associated Press back in uh, 1978, and I covered an awful lot of things. I started in Washington, and then I was posted to Rome. I was also posted to Germany, Sweden, Singapore, and I covered an awful lot during that time, including the Cold War, which a lot of people have forgotten by now, and the fall of the Berlin Wall. You just had that anniversary, right? The the Berlin Wall coming down? You bet. We just had the 30th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall over the weekend, and uh, it was a pretty big deal back then, and, you know, it's still recalled today with quite a bit of enthusiasm. Did you want the foreign assignments? Is that kind of what you were looking for, or how did that happen? Yes, I always wanted the foreign assignments. When I was growing up, I always liked to do things that I felt were a challenge. Now, for instance, let me tell you one challenge that didn't work. I wanted to be a halfback on the high school football team, but I was too clumsy and I wore glasses, so that was one challenge that failed. But the challenge of being a foreign correspondent, yep, that worked. The challenge of learning a lot of languages, that worked too. So it all worked out, the challenges. Right. What a great way. This was early in your career, right? Yes. What a great way to get a sensibility about other cultures and um, other civilizations outside of the, the what we see here in the U.S. Definitely, definitely. And my three kids were all brought up overseas, and they speak several languages, and they have benefited greatly from that experience. Now, of course, the one thing that's interesting is they didn't follow Dad into journalism, They've all become lawyers. <laughs> so I have three lawyers in the family. <clears throat> well, I have one, my son, so and okay. two, and my daughter-in-law. So okay. I, I appreciate your situation. <laughs> We're talking with Kevin Costello. He is the technology reporter for the Orange County Business Journal. So I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into your background, if you don't mind. You have a bachelor's degree from Brown University in ancient and classical Greek and Latin language and literature. I have to ask you, with that education, how did you find a path in journalism? Well, a lot of the language training is precision with words, barely making sure that people understand what you're writing. So that helped me an awful lot in journalism. And then also, please don't forget that this was the time when there were still the echoes of the Watergate scandal, Woodard and Bernstein, the journalist heroes that everybody wanted to emulate. So I think a little bit of that rubbed off on me, too. Hey, it sounds exciting. Why not do it? And as I said, I love the challenge. Mm-hmm. Did you go to college knowing you wanted to be a journalist on the other end, or, or did that evolve as you were in school at Brown? That evolved as I went to school at Brown because I didn't 
read or know a word of ancient Greek or ancient Latin when I got there. Uh-huh. And those are the things that I picked up during the four years of Brown. Okay. Yeah. So did you write for the college paper? No. No, I didn't write for the college paper. I write a lot of very boring term papers, which the professors <laughs> loved anyway. And of all the majors, what is it about that that attracted you? It's mostly language so was that- and the vocabulary. You learn an incredible amount of vocabulary that still comes in handy today because, you know, our own English language is a great mix of Latin, Greek, and the what they call the Germanic languages. Right. So I had all three, and I think in the long run I benefited from that. So what languages do you speak? Well, the modern ones are French, German, and Italian. And then I did learn a lot of Swedish, but Swedish came quickly, and it went quickly. If you don't use it, right? Yeah, if you don't use it, you don't you don't really keep up with it at all. Is is Swedish based on anything else, or is it was your training in German at all valuable for Swedish? No. Well, that's a good point. As a matter of fact, the Swedish is a Germanic language, so a lot of it is similar, but it's a tough one. It's a really tough one to learn and to control. And English, I mean, French and Italian, are there common... Um, yeah, that, those are the famous Romance languages that right. came out of uh, Latin, and I sort of picked up French and Italian pretty much after I really got involved in Latin, so that made life You're like easier. a Renaissance guy over here. <laughs> who, who knew? We thought we were getting a technology reporter, and we're getting this person with multiple language skills and deep knowledge and literature. And But I don't do any painting. <laughs> okay, well, maybe you can always take that up later, right? I was going to ask you, and I'd like to ask you, how does that experience inform the work that you do today covering the technology sector here in Orange County? Well, again, a lot of it is the precision of looking at things and reading things. Uh, Particularly here in Orange County, for example, a lot of the um, press releases, the statements are all in a very, very obtuse way, you might want to say, that that, uh, people seem to have trouble understanding that the average reader has trouble figuring out what you're trying to say. So that's where the analytical part of languages comes in really handy. Do you think that's on purpose? Press releases are written in a way that are hard to understand, or is that just... Well, since I've been here, I've found out so often that the press releases, the statements come in somewhat uh, obtuse. that uh, You begin to wonder, are they trying to not be as clear as they might be otherwise. The other possibility is that the people who write them are so steeped in the uh, technology of the whole thing that they find it hard to realize that people really don't understand what they're talking about. So they're comfortable with the terminology and the vernacular, and they just assume that other people can translate it as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Okay. So there's a translation that's going on there. Is that what you're saying? It is a translation. Yeah, yeah. You're taking their technical speak and making it approachable. The the tech gobbledygook and making English as much as I can. All right. Well, Kevin, what about you joined the Business Journal earlier this year? Why did you choose the journal? Why Orange County? Well, my wife and I had been overseas for an awfully long time, and we decided that we wanted to come back. And uh, one attraction was that my younger daughter works as a lawyer in Los Angeles, so we figured this would be a nice place to be. Mm. And then the Orange County Business Journal was kind enough to offer me a job, a very great job. We have a great team. We have a great newspaper, and it's really wonderful to be there. Mm -hmm. So where are your other two children? One is in London. He works in international arbitration. And the older daughter lives in Milan. She's married to a lawyer also, and they have two wonderful kids whom we miss greatly. So you you really exposed them to international lifestyle so much so that they chose to want to live? Two out of the three, yes. Um, The younger daughter decided, I guess about age 17, 18, Mm -hmm. I'm American. I want to live in the U.S., 
And so she went to Washington and then transferred to Los Angeles. Interesting. So we're talking with Kevin Costello. He is the technology reporter for the Orange County Business Journal. I'm wondering if you could tell us about technology in Orange County. Let's go a little deep on, you know, what's your assessment of the state of tech here in Orange County, California? Well, maybe this is the uh, lawyers and the family rubbing off on me, but I think I have to say it's a little bit on the one hand, on the other hand, you know, there was a report <laughs> by the commercial real estate brokers that came out that said, good news, Orange County is the 15th fastest growing technology area in the country. The bad news is that the jobs are slowing down. The jobs that are being filled are slowing down. And then, of course, you have, for instance, CrowdStrike, which was founded here in Orange County, but then it, you know, it, moved, it moved north. Uh, there are a lot of tech jobs. People are very excited about it. But remember, there is a lot of competition, not just from Silicon Valley, but we're getting competition also from North Carolina and, of all places, Austin, Texas. Right. So there is a lot going on, but there's a lot of competition, and there's some less than perfect sides to the whole thing, too. Yeah, but um, so maybe this is a bias. Tell me if it's true. These technology jobs that are being created tend to be higher wage positions. Is that what you're finding and you're reporting on these tech companies? Yeah, definitely, definitely. These are high-paying jobs that uh, people are glad to have. And um, one, one problem is, in fact, that there are a lot of jobs that companies can't fill all that quickly. So that's a problem also. And, you know, some young people, they graduate and they, they decide maybe they don't want to stay in Orange County. They want to go somewhere else. Maybe the money is better. Maybe the lifestyle is better, particularly when you think of Silicon Valley. And um, so it, it sometimes is difficult for these companies to really fill everything that they, they want to do. Mm-hmm. What about bringing in workers from outside the U.S.? Are you, have you been reporting on that? And that's what are you a, finding? That's a very good point. I was speaking to Joe Brusuelas. He's the chief economist, U.S. economist for a company called RSM, a big accounting mm-hmm. international firm. And he told me very clearly, immigration. Immigration is the big thing that has to be solved, not just for Orange County, but for the rest of the U.S. as well, that we need this tech talent to come in. And it's interesting because he really, really did focus on immigration. The other thing he pointed out was specifically to Orange County, housing. You know, people have to live somewhere. And the median price for houses in Orange County, $733,000, which is twice what it is for the rest of the country. Right. But again, if we're talking about the technology sector, with a higher paying job sector, they ought to be able to, one would think, uh, make that mortgage. Definitely, definitely, definitely. They, they should be able to do that after a while. And it's just a question of in the meantime, until they build up enough you know, personal capital, how are they going to live in the meantime? Right, yeah. yeah. The, the technology sector in Orange County, is it dominated by a few big names or is it a middle market kind of business economy or is it a startup thriving startup technology scene basically all three really? i mean there are the big ones there's alterix there are uh, services companies tech med out in santa ana so there are all up and down the whole scale maven link that just won a big award from the orange county business journal i guess you'd call that somewhere in the middle so there's no real concentration on one level or the other mm-hmm 
And is there a is this thriving startup? Is a start because my sense of tech is it's a startup driven kind of world where people are already looking for the next big idea. And is that happening here in our market? I think it is. Um, the only thing is about startups. One thing I found is that they don't start up overnight. It takes a while for a company to start up, right. and a lot of company, a lot of startups risk failure. So it's hard to say, well, I noticed this company today on um, November 1st, and they're going to be the next big thing on January 1st. These companies take a while to to really get rolling. To incubate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What about the relationship between the technology companies and the local universities? We have a pretty strong school system here. Before the uh, show started, we were sort of talking about the college university scene here in Southern California. We have a number of good schools. And how does that relate to the technology companies? Yes, as a matter of fact, all the technology companies are very, very happy to have UC Irvine right nearby and um, to be able to take some of their talent and to employ those young people. That's a big, big thing. And, um, you know, there are other universities as well that uh, find people find jobs here. Cal State Fullerton is an important one, very, right. very important one. So they're glad to have the academic background for these young people who come and, and, and get the jobs, you mm-hmm. know. So do you think we are at a, is there a, you said the jobs are slowing down in tech. Does that mean the open positions or the ability to fill the existing positions that these companies have? Interesting. The CBRE report said in many cases it is in Orange County the inability to fill the jobs that are there. Oh, wow. You know, know, finding people. You hear that all over, all sorts of different areas in Orange County, that finding the people to fill the jobs is very, very difficult. And you look at it, unemployment rate of 2.4%. In September, you know, you're, you're, you don't have a lot of unemployment there, so what's going on? You have a lot of companies that can't find jobs. So as, as Austin companies would come to Orange County to try to entice people to move there because of the cost of living, are, we, is, are you finding tech companies in Orange County going to Silicon Valley trying to find talent there? Because our cost of living is, is high. San Francisco and the Silicon Valley is even higher. Mm. So we might look like a bargain compared to what they're used to in, in yeah, I mean, for, from what I've seen, I haven't gone into you know real research on this, but a lot of the companies really do try to find people from UCI, from the universities here, basically local talent. I don't think a lot of them are bringing people from many other parts of the country to work China. and paying their way. No, I don't think so. Find it here in, in the county? Yeah. Okay, so you've lived in many different countries and then cities in those countries, mm-hmm. and now you're in... Uh, Orange County, which really doesn't have a city that is downtown Orange County, Mm -hmm. right? We're a combination of all these many cities. Mm -hmm. What have you and your wife seen? Is this your first time living in Orange County then? Yes, it is. Okay. So fresh eyes uh, with a global perspective. Uh, this isn't the technology sector now, Kevin. Just what are, you, what are you seeing from living in these different cities and now moving to Orange County? I love Huntington Beach. I love San Clemente. The places along the coast are really fascinating. They're really a lot of fun to visit. And they're so close. They really are so close. So they're really happy places to visit. Mm-hmm. There is quite a diversity as well because if yeah. you go east, then you're potentially climbing mountains. I don't know if you snow ski or snowboard or any of those things, but that's technically within a drive from here. Oh, yeah. We took a trip up to Big Bear Lake, which is absolutely fascinating. It's a wonderful place, so we uh-huh. had a great time there. And then um, just last weekend, we were in Palm Springs. Well, those really? two ends of it, right? Two, two ends. Very hot in Palm Springs, even right. now. Even now. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it's so beautiful up in yeah. the mountains, too. Yeah. You get nice, crisp air, and shortly they'll be getting a dusting of snow. Who knows, right? Yeah. 
Uh, right. So what do you look forward to as far as technology and what's happening here in Orange County? Do you see it thriving, growing? I don't want to answer the question for you. I'll just ask you, what do you see the future of tech here in Orange County? Yeah, I think it will continue to grow. I think it will continue to grow. There's a lot of emphasis on it. There are a lot of companies here that are doing it. I mentioned before Alteryx, Mm -hmm. a big, huge company that's growing like wildfire. So I do think it will keep on growing. Are companies like Alteryx, are they a magnet for other companies? Like maybe they... The you know, engineers that work at Alteryx who decide they have an entrepreneurial spirit. And it happened for years with Allergan mm-hmm. here in Orange County. The Allergan spun off a lot of tech kind of companies around them, med companies kind of around them. Is that happening with some of the larger tech companies, are you saying? I guess over time it could happen. I, I, you know, when I cover Alteryx, it's mostly the company itself, and mm-hmm. I don't really look whether it's spilling out into other areas. Okay. And, and, you know, Alteryx has just announced a great big move of its headquarters, so they're going to move um, to a different part of Irvine. So it seems that they're know, maybe a little bit self-contained, from what I can tell. Excellent. Um, so Orange County is a big county by way of population, mm-hmm. right? I think the last time I checked, we were up in the top 10 as far as population, maybe even as high as t- sixth, is, mm. is my memory. So somewhere in that range with three plus million people. But what are you finding as a reporter who's covering the technology sector and then the economy, the size of the market? Can you just kind of talk about Orange County? Because I think we suffer, Kevin, from being just south of L.A., you know, if we were, if you dug up Orange County and you stuck us in some other part of the state or some other state where we don't have L.A. to the north, it'd be a pretty big metro area, wouldn't mm-hmm. you agree? Yeah. But it doesn't feel like necessarily people from outside of Orange County realize how robust this market is. Exactly. And again, to go back to the CBRE report, it said a lot of people think of Orange County as Los Angeles's kid brother, and they don't mind that appellation. They think that's fine. So maybe Orange County... Uh, is maybe a little bit in the shadow of L.A., but people here probably have a lot more fun. There's no crime, good beaches. What more could you want? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we can go to L.A. whenever we want to take in a show or something. And it's very interesting because uh, when I talk to CEOs, 201, they will say that they really like being in Orange County. And I don't even have to ask them. I will interview them, and towards the end of the interview or in the middle of the interview, they'd say, we really like it here. It has everything that we want. They're mm-hmm. very, very uh, pro-supportive of Orange County. It's great. Well, it is good, and we're glad they're here, right? Yes. So you have access to the titans of the tech industry because you're working for the Orange County Business Journal. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Some of them, yeah. Well, I mean, if you make a phone call and yeah. you want to write a story, they probably don't say uh, no, do you? No. Do they? No. I mean, it's very good to be seen in the Orange County Business Journal, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Is that a... Is that an enjoyable aspect of your job, to to be able to kind of get to see and talk to the oh, shakers yeah. in the movies? Oh, yeah, and it's very important, too. And, and, you know, as a journalist, you say, well, I don't really have a right to information, but because I work for a major publication, people do want to talk to me. They, they like to see their stories in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I found very, very uh, heartening is that when I interview somebody, I will also often have follow-up questions, and then I get back on the email. And sometimes with some stories, I'll send five or six follow-up emails. And you know the thing is, they never get tired of answering my questions. <laughs> They're very happy that I'm so insistent on getting everything right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that helps. Okay. And how do you, if I could, you don't, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but when you're talking with the larger companies and their CEOs, I would imagine there are some people around them who want to make sure that the story I, I think of them as handlers maybe that's the wrong term but you know what I mean there are there are people that are paid to be around the 
top CEOs to make sure mm-hmm. that the message gets well articulated and, and in the print. Do you ever have any stories or things about working with those well-intended people as they might be as well? Well, pretty much um, I can get a hold of the CEO for the most part. Okay. And the CEO will say things that uh, sometimes are actually a little bit unplugged, unvarnished. You know, they they tell it like it is. So when that is the case, and it's often the case, I don't really have to dig through a wall of protection from the PR people. So in your opinion, as a professional journalist of, of, uh, on an important publication that's here in our county for the business leaders, what is your view of your role in this, in this ecosystem as a reporter on technology, Kevin Costello? It's to be accurate and objective. That's the most important point. Mm-hmm. That really is the most important point. It's like anything else in journalism, and particularly now, you know, with people are bombarded with misinformation and disinformation and that's why uh, my goal is to be objective and accurate and um, that's why sometimes I'll go back to a company five or six times just to get everything as accurate as I can. So so there may be some people who don't have the opportunity to sit across the table from a lifelong professional reporter for noted publications or institutions Mm -hmm. AP, Bloomberg, now Mm -hmm. the Orange County Business Journal. Can you Tell our audience that you can be objective, even with having being a human and having your own personal belief system, which may or may not, you know, be in line with how the objective reporting is to be written. Oh yeah, I'm very objective and I'm factual. And our publisher Richard Reisman backs us up on all this. You know, we have to be factual. We have to be objective. We're not there to push anybody's point of view. And I've always found too that the facts speak for themselves. And and once you follow the facts, you're you're objective. So, do you have experiences maybe outside of Orange County for one of the other organizations that you work for in a different country where you wrote where you had to write the objective, fact-based story that maybe was counter to your belief system or or you know something like that? But you were able to manage that belief system such that you could write a objective. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, I covered the Supreme Court in Washington for a while, and there are a lot of different issues there that you have to be, you have to just sort of, you know, sit tight, be objective as you can, and not let your your personal opinions get in the way. Right. Do, do you find also, and we're a little bit over time here, get another minute with you, and it, you can stop me at any time. I'm just curious. Uh, now I'm just curious, ladies and gentlemen. I'm off the script. I'm just wanting to learn. Do, do you also recognize that the subtleties of words can influence indirectly opinion? You know, the way we choose the adverbs and the adjectives and structure oh, of sure. sentence. Let's take um, the most basic kind of business reporting, looking at the stock market what did the stock do today let's say you see it's red did the stock fall did the stock decrease did the stock plunge did the stock drop each one of those words plummet has a completely different meaning so you have to watch out for those shades of meaning when you're doing things you really do right because it it informs the reader's perspective either intentionally by the writer's point of view Mm -hmm. or unintentionally by the writer's point of view right the power of the pen you have to be very thoughtful in that way sure sure and let's say a stock goes down let's take four percent on one day is that a drop is that a plummet is that a plunge? You, you have to be very careful because somebody reading that quickly will just look at that one word right. and say, 
you know, this person is really trying to point my thoughts in one direction or another. So, so, and then I'm getting the sign from the uh, engineer, so we do have to cut this off. But do, do you find that people's attention span for reading reading your articles is changing over time? And if so, how do you adapt your writing style to make sure that people get the facts they need by reading your article? Fascinating point. I find that readers today spend very, very little time on articles. Um, to go back to Bloomberg, they were still running these 800-word, 1,000-word articles, and they knew from their statistics that people were not reading past 300 words maximum. And so I, you know, even though I've been around for a while and I've written long articles, I've written short articles, medium, short is the way to go. You really have to hit the um, the reader right up front, otherwise he or she will not follow up and read the whole thing, believe right, me. Right. Well, I'd like to have you back in the first quarter, and we can continue this conversation if you're so inclined. That's fine. All right, I'll ladies. be here. All right, so thank you, Kevin Costello, technology reporter for the Orange County Business Journal. Uh, I've enjoyed this time we've spent together, and we've went a little bit over time, but I, hopefully you, you did mine, and hopefully the audience found it valuable. I'd also like to thank our engineer for today, none other than Mr. Paul Roberts, our three producers without whom we could not do our show every week, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, our newest producer. At some point, Vanessa, I'll have to stop saying that, but technically you still are, Vanessa Holland, who's here in the studio. If you'd like to connect with me, let's do it on LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.